Hello and welcome to Maggie's Running Podcast. I'm Maggie Cooper. Well, this week's been a bit of a week of ups and downs. It's It started quite well, actually. Um, my friend Anne sent me a text message late on Saturday night saying, uh, do you want to go on an orienteering thing tomorrow? And I'm like, sounds interesting um and I looked at the weather and the weather was really nice and I knew where it bounced it was it was in uh, some hills in Wales where we actually we, we did a crazy marathon it, it always ends up there crazy marathons crazy orienteering adventures uh, the before when we did this marathon it was I think it was something like more than a mile in terms of um, ascent. It was a lot of climbing and it took me about five hours and uh, Anne did, just went and won the whole thing, which was pretty impressive. Anyway, it was in those hills where we'd been before. So I knew it, it was going to be nice and I knew it was going to be fun because it would be with Anne. And um, so I, yeah, I'm going to do that. And it really was fun. It was great. It was absolutely brilliant. And um, we found um, various points. We had to find as many as we could in, in two hours. So kind of set up a, a route and just I just followed them, uh, followed Anna and her daughter. So um, it, it was it was really, really nice just to be out in the hills, out with friends, uh, doing something kind of a little bit crazy. I hadn't realised how the whole thing worked, but apparently if you were late back, then you got a penalty. So we ended up kind of running through um, Bracken and stinging nettles and all sorts of things close to the end uh, in order to get back in time but yeah it was it was such a good day out and at the time I didn't think it was uh, it affected me too badly I mean we weren't like running really really fast or something we were just kind of uh, plodding along but um actually the next day my legs were pretty tired and I just took it easy just a nice easy run in the in the park um and then on Tuesday when I went to training I found that we were doing a time trial I'd never have run in the hills if I'd known we were doing a time trial and so um it was around the park it was around in fact it was around um the the place where I had my best success ever I think in terms of my running career I came 10th in the national cross country championships when I was a I think under 17 um girl um in this particular part where we were doing this running trial so I have probably run around there a lot faster than what I did on Tuesday night um and I was running with all the small girls and they were all beating me which was incredibly depressing um on the plus side it was I I think I ran at what I thought was a reasonable time it was about four minutes per kilometer and that's about as fast as I was running the things like the mile or the um the 5k and and that and this time it was on cross country sort of you know, up and down um sort of, you know, hill as well so um it was but the thing was it was only a short run it was only 1.8 kilometers so just over a mile so it wasn't really really you know far enough and I just couldn't run any faster and it was funny because near the end there's a big sort of downhill bit going into the uh, last um, little bit and I thought oh great it's downhill and then I started running on it and my legs from Sunday oh still hurt really hurt so I I was like um, there was no there was no let up for me um, in that particular run but no it was um, it was all right I I mean I, I felt a bit frustrated because you know, I'm getting beaten by small children, but um, I can't really complain because it was, it was still, I think it was still quite a good, you know, if you asked me beforehand, what time do you think you'll do over this distance? That was about the time I would expect to have done. So that was okay. So I'm not too despondent, but, but it was a little bit frustrated. And then um, Wednesday, just a nice little run um, around a place called Port Sunlight with, again, with the young girls. Um, it's a place where the Unilever factory is. And it's quite, quite nice. It's um. They built it. The Unilever family 
built port sunlight for their workers and all the houses like that are really nice it's just nice and quiet and pretty um yeah it's a, it's a good place nice, really nice place to run around so we did that on um on wednesday and then but the rest of the week i, I felt, felt quite tired and i felt um you know each run was you know a little bit of effort friday i did, I did a run on my own but then i helped out with the PE at the school as well and got them running around uh, some short hills um they're not very fit so it's quite difficult um but um and then today the weather oh the weather was horrendous absolutely horrendous miserable cold now it wasn't that cold but it was wet and windy and most unpleasant and I really had to force myself to go out the door and I had to force myself to actually continue on the second lap of my um two lap um route, route. so um yeah that was that was quite difficult but um, yeah, during the um, the previous week, um, I'd helped r- with the coaching on the track, um, and I noticed one of the girls uh, was um, struggling. She had hurt some part of her leg. I can't remember which part of her leg she'd hurt, but. Um, and I looked at her running style, and I was like, her running style really seems to be affecting um, her her running. Not just she was limping a bit by then, which didn't help. But but even before that, I thought her running style was a bit off. And I asked one of the others what, what they thought about that, and they said, oh, they thought that it was because she was growing and uh, that she uh, was uneven. So you know, not one leg was you know growing faster than the other leg essentially, and that it, they'd seen that um, before. And it made me think, you know. If you if you're an adolescent, particularly, and you're going through that growing phase, uh, what effect does that sort of asymmetry in the in the two legs have? You know, and and how and how can you prevent injury in those um, young people who are, who are growing? Is there a way to you know, prevent that sort of thing happening where she she was um, obviously clearly suffering because she was she was sort of limping a bit, um, and, the, and and it's difficult when you're going through that growing phase because um, well there's, there's nothing really you can do about it. You keep you keep changing your whole body keep, keeps changing. You keep growing, so it must be something that a lot of people have um, struggle with um, the sort of um, unevenness of of the growing. Um, uh, phase as it were um so um i was interested when i found a paper um from this um the most recent edition of uh, general sports science where they actually looked at um the difference in um the, the sort of the asymmetry in between the two legs of uh, adolescent uh, runners and s- to see whether actually that made a difference to their um their running economy actually not not necessarily their injury but their running economy um and um yeah i, I think that's quite interesting so that's what i'm going to look at in the second part of this podcast So the title of the paper is um, Interlimb Strength Asymmetry in Adolescent Distance Runners, Test-Retest Reliability and Relationship with Performance and Running Economy. And it's a guy, by a guy called Richard um, Blagrove. Um, I've actually got a really good book by him. I think it's called um, Strength Con- Conditioning for Endurance Runners or, or something similar to that. Um, it's got loads and loads of exercises in it, almost like too many. I kind of want a, something a bit simpler, so just do this or do that. But actually, it, it is quite good, I think, if um, if you look into um, do some really good strength and conditioning exercises. It's, it's really, really good. 
Um, and by the way, the the la- last week I couldn't remember somebody's name. Uh, Ross Tucker, his po- his podcast was on supplements, or the the one that I say was particularly I found particularly interesting was on, on supplements, and that's the Real Science of Sport podcast. So definitely check out the his podcast because I, I think it's really uh, really interesting. It has some interesting topics on it. But anyway, back to this paper. So in in this paper, it, well, what they talk about is um you know there are lots of different factors that are, that are important for um dis- distance runners' performance. You know things like um, maximal oxygen uptake, um, otherwise known as VO two max, but also running economy. So you can have like really good VO two max, but if your running economy isn't very good, then you're not going to be as fast as uh, somebody else who maybe actually has lower uh, VO two max but has better running economy. And um, obviously, the the amount of energy that you sort of use up by moving yourself forward um, is important, and that's really the basis of um, running economy. Um, and uh, the factors that sort of make you um, economic, as it were, as a runner, are quite quite complex. It's quite a complex um, interaction with the, you know, the, your physiology, how how you run, your biomechanics, all these types of things um, are, are really um, important. Um, and there's there's also evidence that neuromuscular related qualities are important for running economists. But also that strength or improvements in strength can enhance running economy. So um, the, in this in this paper, I'm not going to look through the whole thing. I just want to kind of give you a, like, a little bit of a summary. Um, the, in the first part of it, they just sort of check that their technique is is appropriate, that it's reliable, and the way that they're measuring things is reliable. But they basically gave these um, these adolescent runners who who actually interestingly, I don't know how they managed to find a group of adolescent runners who don't do any strength training. But that was one of the criteria um, for bringing it that they weren't used to doing strength training. Um, so our, our wonderful athletes uh, wouldn't be able to be in this type of study because they they all have to do their strength and conditioning exercises. So um, yeah, in in this group they they didn't do that. So they were given a sort of series of different um, tests just to test the strength of various um, factors on on uh, each of their limbs and to see whether there was a difference in the strength of the different um, limbs. So um, and then they were they were asked to sort of run. Uh, it was kind of one of those again one of these sort of run to exhaustion sort of tests. But they gradually um, increased the speed on the treadmill um, by one. I think it was one kilometer per hour gradually um, increasing that that speed, and they also like measured their um, the, the the gases and stuff like that in order to work out the the VO two max. So they were sort of breathing in um, special air and all the, those sort of factors were also um, measured. So it's a bit vague, but um, you get you get the idea, and. Um, it was quite interesting because um, there there was a difference. There was, um, you know, in in terms of the, uh, the, the 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 different limbs, there was asymmetry. It was basically what I'm trying to say um, between in the in the runners. For the, the for the male runners, it wasn't as as mo- much as it was for the female runners. So, for example, um, they did a isometric quarter squat peak force, um, and uh, for 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 the males, that was um, eight point three percent difference, um, but for the female, eight point six percent, so not not so different. But the, the hip, the hip extension peak torque strength asymmetry, was four point six percent in males and seven point four percent in females. 
and um, and for the hip abduction, uh, there was a difference um, of six point two percent for the males and nine point nine percent for the for the female runners, and it was particularly that hip abduction peak talk, uh, which. Um, was that 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 asymmetry in those female runners then actually translated into a lower um, performance and and running economy in those particular um, runners. So that was a, a statistically different um, uh, no, result. It, it may be that the the group size. I think there was only. 26 or something like that athletes in the group it's not a huge group size so it's really difficult to get statistical significance in these um types of things but it may be that even the other uh factors um do do play a part but it was particularly noted that that that, that hip abduction in the the female adolescent runners was um was a, a factor a real interesting factor so you know i'm thinking you know if you have got this a asymmetry um of, often what happens with um athletes you know particularly if you you know have that sort of asymmetry i mean i've obviously got asymmetry but you kind of adapt to to it um i mean obviously we've seen people who are injured you know and they can still run they've got your body is brilliant at adapting to it but it may be that you um are not running quite as economically as you would do if you had um the equal strength in in both legs and I suppose the good news from this um study um was is really that there is something that you can do about that um you know uh, so the hip abduction there's a, there's a night well i say nice it's probably my most hated exercise ever um to do and it's like um a side plank um but then you raise the upper leg you lift it up um i think i found it almost impossible to do at one point so i probably got terribly terribly poor um hip abduction talk or whatever it was called um but you can you can do that type of exercise there were there were others but then sort of more complicated to to um describe without any pictures but so there are those 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 conditioning exercises again i think it comes back to the point of Doing, I mean, I hate doing the exercises. I really I find it so boring. I, I, I love running. I just want to run. I don't want to do those exercises. But it's interesting how time and time again it comes back to the point of, you know, if you do those exercises, one is you reduce your risk of injury, and secondly, you know, you can improve your you can improve your running. So maybe then you can enjoy your running even more because you're even um, better. So it's it was it's interesting, um, you know, to see that again. I mean, I, I think it's really interesting because the group of athletes that we're training are of, of this type of age. And, um, you know, I think anything that can help them and, and prevent them get injured um, uh, and to help them to to run better is a good thing. But I think it's a lesson um, for, for all of us, really, not not just for the adolescents. Anyway, I hope that you found that as interesting as I did. Um, and I say I do recommend that book, actually, by um, Richard Blagrove. It is it is. It is good if you're interested in like, finding out you know, how to do some of these different exercises. Um, well, the, the weather is pretty rubbish today, and I just really hope that um, we can stay motivated as runners through this autumn and, and winter, especially with a lack of um, competition. Anyway, um, that's all for this week, and um, I hope that you'll join me again next week. Bye.